1: Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, you know this because if you've listened for any length of time, you know here on Good News for the City, one of our often repeated themes has been faith faith in the workplace well coming soon there is going to be a virtual luncheon led by a local ministry meant to encourage faith in the workplace and inspire business leaders in the dmv and beyond Um, The guest that we have today, the guest speaker at this event is a world-renowned speaker and best-selling author. Indeed, he is with us today and along with the organizer of the event. So we want to talk about that. And of course, again, you know the drill. Here to get us going, to get us started, introduce our guests for today is my good friend and my co-host, Pastor Brian Bales, co-host of Good News for the City. He's the senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. God bless you, my
2: buddy. Good to see you again, man. It's another good day to get on the radio or wherever people are listening to their phones or podcasts or however they're consuming this moment to talk about Jesus, right? And he is the good news. It is the gospel that we say every week that makes a way in our life. And that's every part of our life. One of the things that we talk about a lot on the show is that there is no division between this idea of secular or sacred. Yes. Uh, you are yes. the ministry uh, leader at WABA. Lots of times we think of that as a sacred job, or me as a pastor. Uh, We think of that as a sacred job, and we have jobs in other areas of life, maybe at our engineering firm, or as a teacher at the hospital, or we stay at home and we take care of the things that need to be taken care of at home, and we have this tendency to separate them as that secular and sacred, but there's something very sacred in that as well, and and we're going to talk about the workplace and maybe think about it a little bit different today than we have before about the importance of engaging our faith and many things like that, and, and to do that, as you already said. Uh, we have uh, josh mcdowell right here with us today on the radio as well as phil cradaville let me tell you a little bit about josh mcdowell if you've not heard of him before he is well known as an articulate speaker he's addressed more than 46 million people uh, he's given talks in 139 countries he's co-written or co-authored when i read this number i had to stop and thought i had it wrong for a second but it's true 151 books in 128 languages lots of people haven't even read 151 books let alone uh, co-author write one uh, one of his most famous is being more than a carpenter with over 27 million copies distributed as well as one known as evidence that demands a verdict which was named one of the 20th century's top 40 books in 1991 he founded operation carelift to meet the physical and spiritual needs he discovered in orphanages hospitals schools and prisons all over the world operation carelift has delivered humanitarian aid such as food clothing and medical supplies worth more than 46 million dollars that's the equivalent of 278 40 ton containers nearly one million children have received school supplies food items hygiene items and toys from the volunteers that travel twice a year to share god's love with them also, i hope you're recording this yeah I well we we're recording are recording this uh we are yeah it's, it sounds really good when you say it that way and it's good it's true uh phil uh, credible he's the director of evangelism at vienna presbyterian church He leads Bridgepoint's Connections, where the goal is to seek to connect our professional, spiritual, and personal lives, and to develop leaders and emerging leaders from inside out. Bridgepoint Connections provides opportunities and environments to help you successfully balance your time, relationships, and work by developing an integrated life and worldview, not this sort of separated one that often we did that I just referred to a moment ago. Well, Josh, let's talk, uh, talk with you at first. Uh, first, I want to uh, ask you, tell us a little bit about a book that maybe many of our listeners may have heard of before, or maybe uh, hopefully have even read before, uh, called More Than a Carpenter. Uh, it's highly distributed. It's had a huge impact. Uh, did you ever think when you wrote a book like this that it would have such a far reach when it happened?
3: <laughs> no one could. Yeah. Uh, no. I wrote the book because... I had so many people saying to me, businessmen, professors, students, friends, um, how can you believe in Jesus? Come on, you're saying intellectually the Bible is true or the resurrection happened. How How can you believe that? So I was in Chicago and I said to Dottie, I'm going over to Larry's condominium. I'm not going to bed. I'm not leaving until I write a book. And I went over there, sat down 42 hours. I simply answered the question, never went to bed or anything. Uh, why do I believe? And I started out with the scriptures, the deity of Christ, the resurrection, the changed life of the apostles, etc. cetera. And uh, the uniqueness of the book, it's in the context of relationships. I believe all truth should be taught in the context of relationships. And so it's divided right in the half of my testimony. And, um, I wrote it for the average reader to read in less than two hours. And uh, wow, it took off.
2: Yeah, it's amazing how God takes something that at first we just know we're being obedient, When he asks us to do it, and then he blesses it in ways that we could never even imagine in some ways. able to do more, as it says in Ephesians, right, than we can ask or imagine.
3: Uh, It's great. When we do something we think is great and God
2: knows it's not, he just cuts it out, too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Uh, You know, I think this coming up, we're going to talk about uh, this more than a carpenter lunch. That's why I really wanted you to talk a little bit about the book before we talk about the lunch. Um, In it, we're inviting people to virtually Zoom in. In fact, we're right now talking via the radio, but we're looking at each other via a virtual way. We're not in the same room. And and in this COVID, we're we're sort of getting used to this maybe in, in new and different ways. But in that, when they get a chance to kind of get together in a virtual way with you and to hear you talk, Without giving everything away, because we talked about this offline before, like, you don't want to tell everything you're going to say when there, because then, you know, then people could just listen to the radio show and not show up. But give them a little bit about the story that changed your life and hopefully could possibly change theirs, too.
3: The story is my father was an alcoholic. Uh, and literally, literally, when he wasn't trying to kill my mother, I was trying to kill him. Mm. And um, I was challenged to intellectually examine a Christian faith which I thought was a joke. I really believe Christians had two brains. One was lost and the other was out looking for it. Mm-hmm. I figured if a Christian had a brain had died in isolation. And so I set out to write first my book, Evidence that Demands a Verdict, that great big huge thing against Christianity. And my story at the luncheon is going to be what in the world happened from the first time I cooked up the pen to write against it what took place that I did a 180 degree, uh, change. Yeah. And that's, that's what the story will be at that luncheon.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I think this moment is a really good reminder for all of us about the power of Jesus. And you, you make me want to show up for the luncheon to hear the story. If they haven't heard the story uh, is, is powerful about uh, what God has done. And in fact, um, I want to go, um, to you, if I can for a moment, Phil, so well, this event um, that is more than a carpenter lunch, it is uh, put on by Bridgepoint Connections. I, I said a little bit about it a second ago, what Bridgepoint Connections are and what it does. But share a little bit more, if you would, about the background, the mission, and what your hope is to accomplish through Bridgepoint.
4: Sure. Well, Bridgepoint Connections is a marketplace ministry where we help business people and professional people connect their professional life with their spiritual life and help faith become relevant and practical to everyday life, especially work life. You know, so many of us spend 40, 50, 60 hours at work. And if we're not able to take our faith to work and integrate our faith with our work and with the challenges and demands that we find at work and in our career and in our profession, well, what good is it really? And so that's such a big part of our lives. And we just feel at Ridgepoint and Vienna Presbyterian Church, that that should be a big part of how we help Christians be equipped to share the good news with others, is to, is to do it through their work and through their profession and through their career. So that's kind of what we do. And our church is uh, made up of a lot of professionals, as are many churches here in the DMV. And again, we want to be a resource to these professionals in the marketplace.
1: Yes. And yeah, there,
3: can, and there, I, can I ask Phil a question? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Phil, what if you were talking to another group, what would you say to them is the number one thing to be able to reach out and win executives to Christ?
4: Well, I think it's, first of all, sharing with them just the love of Jesus. But I think the whole idea of what Jesus says in John 10, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly or to the full, you know. Um people today are looking for fullness and for flourishing and abundance. Um not just outwardly in terms of success and financial success, but also inwardly with peace and strength and hope and the ability to get along with co-workers and and family members, you know. So that's where faith comes in and the Christian life comes in. You know, Jesus can be a resource in every one of those areas. And, you know, people are under a lot of stress at work and, you know, Christ can be right there at your, at your side as you, as you go through those things.
3: You know, uh, Brian, uh, Harvard university did an 80 year study Can you imagine that? 80 years studying one subject. What is the key to success, happiness, and health? Is there a key to success in the business world, success in your personal life, happiness, and health? After 80 years, it narrowed down to one thing. And when one of the directors of the study gave the answer, he said, it's very simple. It's relationships, relationships, relationships. Mm-hmm. he said is the key to success in the business world key to success and happiness and the real boy do they show why the key in one's health uh, and I think what what Phil's talking about here and what they do is they share in Christ in a context of a relationship now you can start a relationship in one minute yeah. just by listening to someone asking them informative uh, clarity questions questions uh, with it. But I found in just about everything in life, it comes down to relationships.
2: Well, I think implied what I'm listening to you here is that as when we have that relationship, there's a scripture uh, that talks about first Peter, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have within you. Hope is often seen through that relationship. And, and one of the things I was going to ask you, Phil, is talk about this importance of of leading with your faith instead of hiding. it, I heard someone one time use the analogy that a lot of Christians kind of depend on their faith, like the spare tire on their car. They only pull it out when they've had a problem,
3: right? Let me say this, Brian, if you could hide your faith, then it means you don't even have a faith to hide. Exactly. Because people yeah. see your Amen. faith whether you try to hide it or, hide yeah. it or not.
2: Yeah. And Amen. they know
3: what you're going to, I don't think I've ever witnessed someone didn't know what I was going to tell them. Excuse me, Phil.
2: So talk about that. What it looks like to lead it, lead with it instead of something that's yes, very yes, passive or only well, we pull it out in case of emergency, which isn't the design of it, obviously.
4: Well, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is 2 Timothy 1, 7. And it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, wow. but of power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. And I think if we can experience the reality of that in our hearts through Christ and the Holy Spirit, when we go to work or wherever it is we're going, we can go in a, in a spirit of confidence and power and love. And I think when people in the workplace see that we really care about them, that we love them, and we're not going to be intimidated by anything, then that really resonates with a lot of people. And people in the business world are really drawn to people with confidence and convictions yep. and strength. Wow. And I think that's a big key. And I think the other thing for Bridgepoint and some of these other marketplace ministries here in the area that are co sponsoring this event, so many people feel isolated at work as Christians. And when we work together and when people in the marketplace, find other Christians that they can connect with on a professional basis, that really gives them strength to lead out and, and be open about their faith.
2: Yeah, Josh, do you find, as you've been doing this over the years, that sometimes people's fear is connected with their, their belief that their faith is an unreasoned faith, like they can't defend it, so I don't ever talk about it.
3: No question about it. Uh, a lot of the fear comes from the lack of convictions, the lack of uh, depth of knowledge. And if you're really questioning, boy, is the Bible really true? Did the resurrect? you're hesitant to make it public. Yeah. Uh, very much so. Uh, but I, uh, this is why I I challenge everyone to examine it personally. Don't take my word for it. Don't take to anyone anyone else's. If it's true, you'll find it be true. It's like my son came to me, and he said, Dad, he was a first-year student at Biola, or second year, and he said, I really don't know if I want to become a Christian. I want to be a Christian or not. I, Dad, I really don't know if it's true, and I can't live off your faith. And I said, Son, that's wonderful. That's exciting. <laughs> when he tells a story, he goes, Dad... Are you listening to me? I just told you. I don't know if it's true or not. I said, son, that's wonderful. I said, everyone needs to come to that crisis. And I said, this is a counsel I give you. Examine it for yourself. Study it. But try to do it without bias or prejudice. And I said, son, don't reject something because it's the faith of your father. Reject it because it's not true. And my sons become one of the strongest believers in America. <laughs> yeah. And he that's said a, he really thought I was going to argue with him about the Bible and the resurrection and everything. And I just threw it back in his lap mm-hmm. because I believe it is true. And anyone with an open mind who would take time to examine it might not come to Christ, but they'll conclude it holds a lot of water.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great. That that is an unbelievable great reminder. You know when. When you speak at events like this, Josh, obviously you've already made the key point about relationships and the context matters so much. Are there some other common sort of themes or takeaways, again, without going into deeply what you're gonna talk about, that, that you're gonna to touch on that you seem to be beneficial for people who take the time to, to come to a conference or a Zoom call or whatever we're gonna call it?
3: With one of the first things you said there, uh, one of the things I always do and I'm known for this, I always get to meetings early. I like to get there 45 minutes to an hour early mm-hmm. and just go around and meet people, shake yeah. their hand, hug them, laugh with them, uh, ask them their story and all. And uh, I like by the time I get up to speak at a major meeting, I've met 20 people, and everybody within 20 feet feel like I'm being personal with them. Yeah. Uh, and that way I feel when I get up to speak, I've already established a certain level of a relationship and I've communicated the attitude. I care. I care about you. Uh, and so even when I do churches, I get there early and I go up and down the aisle talking to, and the pastor says, come on back in the office. And I said, no, I want to meet the people yeah. because that's part of my, part of my talk. Yeah. yeah. And um, the thing that I'll be doing is put it in the context. I'll put all truth in a context of relationships. It's like what Phil was saying. Business people want to know it works. Yeah. How does it relate to their life? To going to work, the pressure, the frustration, everything. And that's why I like to present truth in the context of relationships because then a person feels, wow, it goes right down to where I live. Uh, and, something i've done over the years and uh i do it in business offices wherever i am somebody will ask me a question and often i'll say this well you know as a believer as a follower of christ i would answer it this way and i want them to know one i am a follower of christ i don't want to hide that i want everyone to know i'm not ashamed of it i'm proud of it i'm thankful for it i'm grateful i'm humbled by it but I want to know that it affects everything that I think what I do is related to my being a servant of Christ. Yeah. And what I find is after people hear me say that two or three times, well, they ask, well, what is your faith? <laughs> and it really opens the door a lot. And something else I do, and this is so good with businessmen, anyone. Uh, After just a little chit chat, I'll say, well, Bob, now his name is Dick. I'll call him Dick, but I'll say, Bob, what's your spiritual journey? Tell me your spiritual. People like to tell you their spiritual journey. And I never, I know there is a God because I don't see anything when they're talking. And I, I just keep my mouth shut. If they say something that's way out in left field, I don't say anything. And if I ask any questions or only clarity questions, well, how old were you when that happened? Or where was that? Or who was that person? And almost always, no, not always, maybe 50% of the time, the person will say to me, well, what's your journey? And then I'm off and running. Yeah. And if they don't, if they don't, I'll thank them so much and make a reference to several things in their journey and say, what do you mind if I share with you my journey? No one has
2: ever, ever said no. Yeah. And it's key there because you've established a relationship. You were listening and you actually cared listening, not, you know, listening with actually listening instead of what we often do is listen active to response. Yeah, this active listening uh, that we're talking about, Phil. Now this is a little bit different than maybe you know a regular lunch. First off, it's a virtual lunch, so everyone's bringing their own food to their computer, their television, or however they're engaging it in that way. But for someone who signs up, um, could you just sort of kind of quickly tell them what they could expect, expect, and, and tell them the date of it, if you would?
4: Sure. It's uh, Wednesday, September second, from 12 noon to 1:15 p.m. So, hour and a quarter. Uh, we're trying to keep it uh, at a reasonable length. So if people are working, they're not, you know, taking their whole day to come to this mm-hmm. thing, it's free. And uh, we'll hear from Josh. It's very simple. Hear from Josh. We'll take a few questions from the audience and go actually to breakout rooms, some discussion groups where we can meet people and just discuss a little bit of what Josh had to say. Beautiful. So yeah, um, it's a pretty simple format, um, you know, Josh, some questions, Q&A, and then breakout.
3: Yeah. Now, if we want to register, oh,
4: I like that, that. Yeah. Well,
3: good. Well, you're speaking at it. And I that's probably really. Good that you like yeah, it, right? I'll um, be prepared. I'll bring my lunch. There you go. Um, I just want so to...
2: nobody eats my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, you'll you probably know who it was right there at the house if that happens. I imagine. But if they want to register, would they go to BridgePointConnections.org to do that, Phil? Yeah. BridgePointConnections.org.
4: The event is listed right on the homepage. Just click on that, and it'll take them to the registration page.
2: Yeah. Well, Josh, uh, as we kind of wind up today in our last two minutes or so, uh, one of the things that we have, I guess we call it tradition of the show, Dennis, I'm not sure if that's the right term, but what we like to do is, is have a moment of hope. We realize that, that God brings people to this podcast or brings people to listen to it live on the radio like we are right now uh, with this idea of uh, they, they're discouraged and God leads them here and they need to hear hope in some ways. Could you encourage someone today who may be struggling or at a low point in their life that, that's looking for hope?
3: Yes. In my life, when I was younger, for seven years, I was homosexually raped. I grew up in a family that was very discord. My sister killed herself. My brother ran away from home. I was left with all the consequences. And in the university, after I trusted Christ as Savior and Lord, I believe God, the Holy Spirit, called this to my memory. There's nothing too great in my life for God's power to deal with, nor anything too small or insignificant for his love to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. And I am a walking example of the truthfulness of that statement. And I would say to anyone here, no matter what you're going through, there's nothing in your life that's too great for God's power to deal with, nor anything too small or insignificant for his love to be concerned about. And the other is this, whatever it is, don't go it alone. Bring two or three people around you and go it together. I wouldn't be here today without five people that came in as my accountability partners. So there's nothing too great in your life for God's power to deal with, nor anything too small for his love to be concerned about.
1: Amen. Man, I just, and I love that. I think there's so many folks who need to hear that, Josh. So I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I'm really grateful that our audience could hear that, that I can hear that as a matter of fact, that there's nothing. um, Sometimes I think um, even as a pastor, I have gone to, I've gone to God and think, wow, do you even want to put up with this Lord? And he assures me in his love and grace and through folk like you that, yeah, I want to do that for you, son. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, folks, if you want to learn more, if you want to get ready and you want to go to this virtual lunch, you heard it here before. But let me tell you again, it's BridgePointConnections.org. That's BridgePointConnections.org. If you want to listen to this again, get more information, you can go to GoodNewsForTheCity.com. That's GoodNewsForTheCity.com. Or you can call the radio station. Excuse me. Even though I'm not there every day, I do get my voicemails. You can give me a call at the station, 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Joshua, Josh, Phil, God bless you. Brian, it's good to see you, buddy. Thank you all so much. Folks, we'll see you again next week. And remember, it's
0: the gospel that makes a way. It's
1: the gospel, the gospel that makes a way.
0: Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington DC metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.